Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. that time jersey. Hello and welcome in to what is going to be an incredibly busy edition of Times Ours here on The Athletic. We've got roster cutdowns, we've got a practice squad, we've got some pretty surprising news from one of the biggest stars on the team. Good news, bad news, all sorts of stuff here on today's show. I'm Joshua Briscoe, joined by Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. And this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. It's not just DirecTV stream season, by the way, guys. Do you know exactly, Nate and Seth, what time it is right now? Dirty for season! Woo! Yes! <laughs> I have confetti all over my office, and it smells like gunpowder. But by golly, we've been doing this show for so long. And we finally got it. We got the Jody Fortson roster spot. We got the Jody Fortson press conference. Oh, I feel like I feel like we did it, and really, Jody Fortson did it. And I, you know, I feel like us trying to take that from him would be would, would be wrong. But I kind of feel like we did it too. You know, I would say we more so than anyone did it, including and, uh, Jody Fortson. <laughs> yep, yep. I I think I don't want to speak for Jody, but I think he would tell us that we did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's awesome news, and it was really cool. And I jumped right ahead of you, Nate, because I'm so excited. I don't um, think I could not tell you the last time I've heard you do that. But that's how excited Seth is right now. I am very, very. I'm very excited. Life is good. I just think that it's really nice. I can't remember the last time that I rooted for a player this hard multiple preseasons and watched them not make the cut mm. and saw them kind of go through the struggle. And one of the reasons I'm talking first is because Nate wrote what I think is the definitive article on all this. Mm. And so once he talks, I'm not going to have anything interesting to say. And which is often true. Now when I think about it. <laughs> I just let you go first. More <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. I don't, I'm going to go ahead and pull myself back from the abyss there. And just... <laughs> I stared into the black hole that is my self-loathing, and I've pulled myself back. And so the great thing about Jody Fortson, guys, is you you root for him, and you can see him go through the struggle, and and it, it him have to change the trajectory of his career and do so much work. People are like, oh well, he, wow, he put on 20, 25 pounds. Like that's not easy. I mean, it was easy for me, but I put on weight for an entirely different reason. <laughs> and he had to do in a year putting on that much weight and muscle. I assure you, is not what I did. And to watch him work at getting it done in the trenches and to be able to note that progress, that is a cool thing. And it was a lot of fun to see the Chiefs really recognize that. And basically say to him, hey, dude, this is your day. And they really gave that to him. And that was cool to see. Yeah. 
Nate, this I think been, Seth will allow you to speak now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, this has been... Um, first off, thank you, Seth. Um, and I appreciate people who um, have been along for the journey. Because uh, at some point... It, it's been rather busy times, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. But at, at some point, probably over Labor Day weekend, I am going to re-listen to like one of our very first episodes. <laughs> where again... I called this man Jody Foster, and <laughs> he's on the roster. I, I will say that I don't care however many chief podcasts are out there. We we cornered the market. We put all our chips in the Jody Fortson stock before really anybody else did. Um, because we all saw the talent, and we we you know this is our application upon <laughs> if we were going to be scouts <laughs> it's like well we saw this and it was and it became this um so look i've talked to multiple people of the chiefs organization it, it really kind of was a joyous day yesterday because there's there's some bittersweetness to saying wow Darwin Thompson really didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It's just our roster is stacked. <laughs> and despite all of the hurdles to get a spot on this team, particularly in this era, like I I'm just going to say it, like the tw- like I want people to go back and look at the 2018 roster and then compare it to this roster. Mm. And by the way, that team made it to the AFC Championship game mm-hmm. overtime. All right? Mm-hmm. So this roster is so much better, and Jody Fortson obviously wasn't on the 2018 team, but he comes aboard in 2019, and honestly was on the team. I kind of wrote about this, but because of one day, he, he balled out against you know third stringers uh, for the Packers, mm-hmm. and he's changed positions, and he's just done something that is truly remarkable, and it's the beauty of sports. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's. It, it's a lot of, especially getting to know the guys, and Jody is one of the people that I've gotten to know just because, again, he's been on the team for multiple years. Uh, you know, I was able to talk to him in person before the pandemic occurred. You know, there are less and less of those players on the roster mm-hmm. <laughs> year after year uh, as we go on with our lives. But, um, like, it's cool. It's just this is why people enjoy sports. Yes, it's nice when your team wins or the athlete that you root for has some great success but um ultimately these people are you know humans and to see the work that Seth alluded to um and I saw it day after day in camp and even fans caught on to who this person was and again he's he's yet to make his NFL debut which is just wild to me but yeah Jody Fort season occurred on August 31st, 2021. Never forget this day um, because he did something that very, very few NFL players ever will when A, they're undrafted, B, they get cut twice. And I think the last player that I can remember um, going through a similar situation, and, and I know you, you, you may not was name, but the last player who did this was Ben Neiman in 2018. Mm. That's the last player who did something similar to this, given both the position battle he was in, the roster construction, and the idea that, like, it had gotten to a point where, you know, 
some teams were calling and was like, can we fleece Jody Fortson from them? Like, yeah, that was really surprising <laughs> to me from today. Like Brett Veach said he got, he got calls about like, I think Fortson and Noah Gray a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just team, like there are teams in the league that don't have two serviceable tight ends. And they yeah. turned on the chiefs tape and was like, Hey, if we call them, and just dog Jody Fortson. You think, that, you think we can get him? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I like that you mentioned like the last player to do that and how hard, it's just so hard to make an NFL roster. Yes. And at, a, at a skill position. At a I skill mean, position. It's just crazy. These guys are so good. I mean, they're so good. I remember you 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 told us this last year when you said, guys, it's crazy that Jody Fortson probably isn't going to make the roster because he's so good at football. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's easy to lose track of. That's one reason why it's kind of fun to go to training camp and maybe see things in a little looser atmosphere mm-hmm. because how good these guys are cannot be overstated. And so it, it's just cool to see that he made it. I The one thing, okay – are you guys ready for me? But, oh, Nate, you don't know this. This is Seth Turns Heel Week. Oh, um, <laughs> is that it's, so? It's been something. Let me tell you, I was I was okay. dunking on Tim Tebow for no good reason. <laughs> I was like, I, I was I, actually rated to the Fortson conversation. I like Tim Tebow, but I mean, he just can't block. Like, I heard I wasn't, this. I see, heard now this. I'm doing it again. I, I, I know. Can't, I can't stop myself. So. One thing, as I turn heel and become the splash of cold water, is just to let fans understand this is an awesome story. It's incredible that he's made the roster. I think he's going to keep improving. I think he's got talent. I think he could help the offense a little bit. He's probably going to get targeted maybe like 10 times, unless there's like Mm -hmm. a major upset of some sort. So that's worth keeping in mind because one thing I fear is all this feel-good story and all this stuff is going to result in people being like, why isn't Fortson the number two tight end? Well, because Blake Bell is. Mm-hmm. And that's just Yeah, the that's way not changing. And, and by the way, that's not changing, kids. No. Like, <laughs> like, um, that's Man, not I was, changing. I was dribbling a little cold water and you just took the bucket and just splash all over. Like, and, <laughs> but it, it is the truth. Blake Bell, the number two tight end, does do some different things than the number one tight end. Although I think Fortson can do a lot of those things. It's going to be Blake Bell because they know he can do it because he's done it. That's yep. a big deal. Yeah. And, and you know this, Josh. Um, he, Jody talked about like, hey, I didn't make it. I didn't come this far for this to be sort of the mm. the pinnacle, yeah, uh, the apex awesome. of his of his journey. And uh, I think it's wise for him to say that and to keep that perspective. It was one of the more things that I took away from my interview with him at training camp was like, mentally, he's in a space right now that is really impressive. Mm. Because I think as we were communicating, he, know, he knew and I knew at that time you're probably making it unless something really unforeseen or crazy happens. Obviously, there are injuries involved when you play football. So you can take less probabilities away. And even when we talked, he was like, yeah, I've got to make my debut. I've got to make it like an important thing. And it has to be just a step. It has to be a day along several, uh, the same way he was treating training camp. So whenever Andy does scheme up something for him, uh, because I think Andy has kind of similar to us to a smaller degree has kind of been tinkering and being like, if I could just get 20 pounds on this man, if I could just mm-hmm. get him more preseason snaps, if I could just build confidence 
Um, there's something that we can do there with Patrick Mahomes throwing the football. And obviously, I think why people get allured by all this is, well, the defense has to keep track of Travis Kelsey. It has to keep track of, obviously, Tyreek Hill. Like, it should open up things for insert whatever, you know, skill position player is kind of your guy mm. uh, who's not a quote-unquote true star player. Um, so even for Jody, I think what it will come down to whenever he plays, whether it's against the Cleveland Browns on the 12th or moving forward is, what does he do with those first targets? Um, I can't stress enough, and Veach kind of mentioned this today, but just his hands are so good. Like, just, <laughs> I like the one-handed catch, and I didn't put it in the story, but I was like, was that was that the best feeling? And he was like, no, that's regular. Like, and then my heart, I was like, okay, all right, I, all right. I mean, just keep it, keep it, keep integrity. Gotta stay profession, cool. Professionalism, cool. ethics, we must uphold, but he's got great hands. So if his confidence doesn't get, you know, stunted or doesn't decline in his first couple opportunities, yeah. Who knows where his growth could be between now and December? And to, I mean, with that being the hype that I'm all obviously completely, completely on board with, to, to Seth's point, like, I also think there is a very similarly awesome story for, for Doris Fountain. Um, where yes. he was a summer tryout yes. and he's on the 53 man roster. And, and, and again, like, you know, he's, he's probably receiver five, maybe six, depending on kind of how you feel about Marcus Camp, because they could cut Camp and then get him back easier. Didn't have to go through waivers and whatnot. But like, that's also an incredible story. Is he going to have, 15 total targets this year maybe yeah probably something like that perhaps but you also mentioned like with that being said um we also are talking about this stuff at the end of august beginning of september like that this is this is where the bubble is we're not talking about if travis kelsey's gonna make the team or not we'll talk about travis kelsey next week as we're getting ready for the browns it's it's just sort of the stories that are there and there are some really cool stories that will not be as relevant in in december in all likelihood but also if they are while defenses are getting worried about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and mm-hmm. maybe it's McCole Hardman, then all of a sudden, a dude wearing 88 playing tight end for the Chiefs walks out there again, and you're going, oh, that's, we're probably don't have to worry about him too much. And then all of a sudden, you get a, you get the Jody Fortson game. You get the uh, the Dwayne Bow 82 out there on, on, Fountains, on, on Fountains jersey, and all of a sudden, it's somebody else you're not really expecting to be the guy that beats you that the Chiefs can go to. Like They, they do not have a clear above and, above and beyond number three, number four pass catcher that is like obviously superb in that role. So if you have a lot of guys that can do it now and again, that's I just think that's going to be what the offense kind of looks like in those yeah, roles. Yeah, it, it has to be. I mean, they just they they have a chance to be so balanced this year that I mean, I, I've always said that it, it's hard to be a de- defensive coordinator in this league in general. It's hard to be one on opening day. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't even know who the Houston Texas defensive coordinator was until game day. <laughs> and then and then they put that poor man's face on the screen in the first quarter. And I said, it's hard being a defensive coordinator. So if they can stay relatively healthy, if the star players can continue to be star players, by the way, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, the NFL's, just top player like it's by his peers you know like it, it's fine that people yes. have acknowledged this uh you know we don't have to 
it's okay, Troy Aikman. It's it's okay. He's the best player in the league. I, I don't think anybody in the nineties thought you were the best player in the league. But that but that's okay. That's okay. You you got your Holy rings. Crap. Anyway. I don't even I'm sorry, my internet cut out for the All last I'm saying 15 is, seconds. But you got you keep all going. All I'm saying is it's yeah, hard it's too. hard to be a defensive coordinator. <laughs> so you can only scheme for so many things, you can only prepare for so many things. Um Who's going to be that player? Like, I, I'm really fascinated in the month of September, uh, whether it's Jody Fortson, mm. whether it's Therese Fountain, whether it's Jared McKinnon. I mean, I, I don't know if some of y'all have had y'all mm. fantasy drafts, but, like, kind of stash that guy late in the, mm-hmm. late in the, late in the rounds, in the later rounds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Noah Gray is going to take, I think, a little bit more time just because he's a true rookie, unlike Fountain or um, – Fortson, I I think McCole Hartman should have her breakout season, but I don't know who that is. Maybe Byron Pringle has a big, you know, uptick in September. But whoever that player is, it, it's going to be fun to watch because from game to game, uh, hell, maybe even from half to half, they may find a, a matchup that will be in their favor. Uh, we definitely need to talk about the rest of the roster cuts and in the practice squad stuff that I think there are some interesting things there. Uh, but with, with the uh, fourth season conversation as the thing that absolutely had to be kind of mm-hmm. our, our a block, so to speak, um, not too long before we started recording this podcast came out that the chiefs had put Tyron Matthew on the COVID-19 reserve list. And we are 11 days away from football. And this is, this is sort of a scary zone for one of the most important players, if not the most important player on your defense, to test positive for COVID. Um, both Matt Verderam of Fansided and then Sam McDowell, the star, both tweeted that Matthew is fully vaccinated. And to quote from a, an article on NFL.com really quick, just because lots of people have been asking this question. Vaccinated players or staff who test positive and are asymptomatic, as, as McDowell said that that Matthew is as we record this right now, obviously could change. Uh, They can return after two negative tests, 24 hours apart. Non-vaccinated people who test positive uh, have a 10 day isolation period. So the fact that Tyron Matthew is vaccinated is the thing that has him still in play to be able to play potentially in week one. By the time that people are hearing this, there might be more information. Certainly in the next several days, we'll probably get some more information. Hopefully he's asymptomatic and hopefully um, with the, the help of being vaccinated, he'll be able to uh, to turn that around much more quickly. Um, Nate, anything else in the in the couple of hours that, that have gone by since this all came out or anything that uh, catches your ear as we wait to hopefully find out more information. Yeah. Um, I I think you covered it really well, Josh. Um, yes. Tyre Matthew has been fully vaccinated. Um, I don't know if that was really an issue when camp started. Cause I think Andy, uh, said that the chiefs were one of the first teams to get to like that 95% vaccination rate among players. And that was obviously with 90 guys at camp, um, with 53 guys, I'm assuming that number is a, slightly a little higher. Um, I don't know if it's a hundred percent vaccination rate, but it's very high. So, um, with Tyron being asymptomatic, the people I talked to said that, uh, as of now, and I put this on Twitter, but as of now, he's expected to play. Uh, I think you could also say too, that unless something changes in the next two to three days beyond him, you know, testing negative and, and sort of getting back into that sort of acclimation 
back with his teammates. He should be a full participant in practice next week, which I think is a big distinction here because obviously they're going to put in the game plan on Monday and start to work on things uh, that are Brown specific. But it is fascinating that, you know, the Chiefs were one of these teams that didn't have many COVID cases last year. Uh, They hadn't had any interruptions with COVID up until today during training camp. And, you know, you could argue that the three most important players on the Chiefs defense are one, Tyron Matthew, two, Chris Jones, and just because of his variance, and I know Seth's going to get into this, but because of high ceiling, maybe low ceiling, uh, Frank Clark, I think is like probably number three. Um, we haven't seen Frank Clark in training camp, and or we haven't seen him in the preseason, excuse me. Uh, Frank did not play in the preseason because of a hamstring injury, and now Tyron Matthew may miss some practice time, but I don't think that's going to occur uh, based on what I was told today. Anything on that that, that interests you, Seth? Either anything with Matthew or anything from uh, Nate's Nate's rankings there? I would just say that Chris Jones is the most important player on the defense, but Matthew is so crucial in everything they do in terms of mixing up coverages and a lot of things that yep. Spagnuolo wants to do. It's a preference. Um, it's a preference thing. A I mean, I won't, deal. I won't. I won't hate you if it, you I, if you say Chris Jones is number one, just because he is. He is uh, <laughs> as he's shown in the preseason. If he continues to uh, be a hybrid monster, <laughs> then yeah, that that the, the race becomes closer because Tyron is a hybrid player on the back end that that can just do just about everything well, um, which you know complicates the whole right. contract situation. <laughs> It it does. Um, I I'm I I think you summed up the the issues here really well, and I think Josh, you made a good point that I understand people have a certain reaction to talking about this whole topic, but it really is relevant, and it's very important to talk about yeah. if for no other reason, and I think there's other reasons, but if for no other reason to discuss the idea of availability and the differences in how players are going to be treated this year in terms of you know what they decide to do with that if if matthew had not been vaccinated Mm -hmm. he would be out automatically Mm -hmm. for 10 days that's how i'm reading that Mm -hmm. and that's just that's it that means at best you get him back to play after barely practicing yeah i mean or not yeah he'd be be going through that's i mean that's a really big deal yeah, and that's the reason why this stuff is going to get covered extensively. Yep. And that, that's just worth noting why that, that stuff does matter when we're talking about football. It matters a great deal. Yep. Even if you just want to talk about – I think the way uh, Matt uh, Verderame always talks about it is it's it's a competitive – a potential huge competitive disadvantage mm-hmm. is the way that he kind of looks at it. And I think that's very accurate. So it, it's going to be interesting. I do just, because we mentioned Chris Jones, I think Chris Jones might get like 20 sacks this year. Like, yeah, I, I'm i kind of, I I usually feel like I'm a later adopter to a random hype train, but like I'm here for this one. Like he's just, he just looks look like a menace. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it's very exciting. Um, and I also think, I think that the, uh, I think that the, the times are consensus is that Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones are tier one yes. in terms of important 
Chiefs defenders, and then there is a drop off, and then we could argue Don't about what T2 about looks like. But those guys are one and two. <laughs> I I actually thought you were going to say Anthony Hitchens three. To be honest, I, I, that is actually what I thought you were going to say. What you said just because of what he could do for the defense. I was like, oh, he's going to say Anthony Hitchens, and you said Frank Clark, and that's you know the highs are that's fine. I just we high, haven't Josh. heard from him in a minute, and so. the lows are yeah. you know I mean they're in play too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One, one other linebacker with some very relevant news right now is Willie Gay Jr. And then we can circle back to some of the roster cuts. I think it probably, uh, I think we're getting a little bit of a potentially not great sign with the roster build out right now um, because the Chiefs ended up keeping six linebackers. And uh, Nate, you tell me, I guess, if you think that, those, that these two things are going to be connected. Because mm-hmm. they they keep six linebackers, and then uh, Andy Reid tells us on was that yesterday? Was that Monday? Uh, yes, this it week was, it was it was yesterday, Tuesday. He, he he tells us on Tuesday that Willie Gay suffers a, a toe injury in that third preseason game, and that they're going to evaluate it and all of that. Uh, Willie Gay tweeted that like he won't be out long, something to that effect. That could mean anything, you know. Don't I wouldn't put any money on that, um, but. That would be, I think, I don't want to overstate it, but like that would be one of the more disappointing guys to end up being injured right out of the gate on this defense because I've, I'm really excited to see what he looks like as the number two linebacker out there with Hitchens in the sub packages. I'm excited to see him just on the field more often. And if he ends up missing time, um, that would be, I think, it would be a, both a big hit to the defense and also would just stink in terms of what we're looking forward to seeing. So, what what is your feel on on the Willie Gay timeline right now? So, I think we're going to get a little bit more information in the next few days because my understanding was that they were still sort of doing tests on the severity of the injury uh, mm-hmm. as of yesterday with with Reed. So, um, we may know something by Labor Day weekend. If not, then you'll you'll definitely know something early next week because. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're back to official practice <laughs> participation yes, reports. Yes, I know. How much did he practice? <laughs> and the idea of, well, you know, limited only means we gave him one less rep. Or right. he did only one rep and was limited. That is just a wide range. So you're going to learn more. Um, you know, I, I rewatched the Vikings exhibition finale and I, I never noticed the injury um, when Willie was on the field so it may be a similar thing where how much do you have to manage it over the course of the season this is slightly different than what Patrick Mahomes dealt with if it is like similar turf toe on the same toe that type of thing 
um, where you kind of knew the end date because it was only going to be a month of him having to deal with that. If you're talking about a 17-game season and what the Chiefs hope is potentially, obviously, a, a deep run into early February, then that can complicate things. But I think they're they're probably going to have to be cautious in week one. So I would tell fans, don't be surprised if he is, quote-unquote, limited. Or mm. if he doesn't even... If he's not even in uniform. Uh, now, I think that's... You know, that, there's still some time between now and obviously the 12th. But I think this injury has to be considered as a management thing moving forward. Um, and we'll just see how it goes. Uh, you know, Josh, when I did my roster projections on The Athletic, um, I think from the beginning of the camp to, you know, okay, last preseason game, we've, we've sort of seen every step of this process, I just thought, well, they're just going to keep five linebackers. But Mm -hmm. this was the monkey wrench. And, you know, every year I really try to get all 53 right because (laughs) I take this with the (laughs) utmost importance. I I take time away from my children to understand, (laughs) will it be Darius Fountain or will it be Darwin Thompson? And I really do, ladies and gentlemen. But... um, He was kind of a monkey wrench in this, the, the injury, Willie Gay. So, I think, again, it's one of those situations where if you're Chris Lammons, who made the roster, if you're Darius Harris, who made the roster, they did nothing wrong. They also didn't do anything spectacular, but that's okay. You know, the ball didn't come to you, and you didn't have to, like, make some spectacular play. But he's known the system. He's played a couple games late last year, so he has game experience. Um, and, yeah, I I wonder... Uh, what the injury report is going to look like next week because um, I don't want to have to say Willie Gay September or I don't want to say Willie Gay October again, y'all. I don't mm-hmm. want to say that. I don't want to say that. But you know, we'll see how they manage it over the next ten days. Seth, how much how much does the defense change, or, or does your opinion of the defense change if those Willie Gay snaps go somewhere else, theoretically to either more Ben Neiman work, or maybe it's even more it, maybe it's more Ben Neiman in the base because I think Bolton had a chance to be there already. It's certainly more Neiman in sub packages. I would think. How does that how does that impact you emotionally, spiritually, physically? <laughs> um, deeply. Uh, especially spiritually, much yeah. to my shock and chagrin. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely changes how the defense looks. Um, I think we were all really excited, and I think the Chiefs were really excited. I, I think he was – they were anticipating a breakout year, and so was I. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that alters some things in terms of ceiling for the defense, maybe – I understand inside linebacker is not considered a particularly important position, but having a guy who's really good and really athletic and and sideline to sideline, all the stuff we talked about exhaustively this summer, losing that matters. Um, I guess the bright side, if you wanted to have one, if he does have to miss some time, maybe that gives Nick Bolton a little more time to acclimate. If they let him see the field, my sneaking suspicion We've just seen Spagnolo just like he will not play young dudes more than he wants to play young dudes. Mm-hmm. And we'd see if Bolton's an exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, that, in theory, is part of why you get him because he's more of a finished product and all the stuff. So it's a bummer just because I think the defense, basing it on preseason, is silly for a number of reasons. But they've 
played pretty well this preseason. Mm-hmm. Outside of one drive where Kirk Cousins for like three or four plays is like, holy crap, what's happening? And then uh, things return to normal. Because, <laughs> I would say. Although I still, it, it cracks me up watching. I, I Kirk Cousins, there were several years that people were trying to argue to me that he was a really good quarterback based on numbers that I trust. You know, like EPA type stuff yeah. and that sort of thing. He he even he even throws the ball downfield. Very very pretty. Very he, he pretty. He does. He does. And his stats, his in depth stats have 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 been consistently good. And I, that was one thing where I was just like, I'm sorry. I hear the numbers you're telling me, but I'm watching that dude play, and he's not that good. And it was like I felt like I was going against everything I've been arguing about for years. But I was like, no, I'm telling you, this guy is not that good. But anyway. They, the Chiefs' defense has looked really good. The pass rush looks a little better, a little sharper. Um, the corners, that's a conversation we're going to have to have. I think Brett Veach might have pulled a rabbit out of a hat again. And that's all important, but Willie Gay would have been a big part of that mm-hmm. in terms of preventing certain weaknesses from being there, in terms of, of you know man coverage on running backs, that sort of stuff. That's a big deal. And it's a big deal when it's one of your weak spots because that's what teams can pick at. Defense is as much about avoiding weak spots as it is about having strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, they know they have strengths, like Chris Jones' pass rush, that sort of thing, Tyron's ability to move around. They might not be able to avoid a certain weakness without Gay out there. I guess we'll see yeah. them. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, w- with that being said, so it's Dorian O'Daniel and Darius Harris, the two guys that, that both make the roster to make it six. Um, I, Dorian O'Daniel is a, a Dave Tobe pick, I, I would have to think. And, mm-hmm. and um, I was surprised to see Darius Harris there. Did, did either of those surprise you, Nate, with your projections and then ultimately the results specifically at that position? No. Um, I, I think the the one that, that surprised me a little bit um, – but I kind of told you guys some things off the air. Uh, I was surprised that the team chose Chris Lam. I mean, Veach kind of alluded to this today, but they they chose Chris Lammons over Tim Ward. And one of the interesting things that Veach said was, mm-hmm. when we decided to waive Tim Ward, we were basically acknowledging he not coming back. Um, because, mm-hmm. and I think this is true, you know, Pass rushers who show anything on tape in the preseason. And Tim Ward was getting better and better, uh, you know, from the snaps that I saw from the start of, you know, training camp throughout preseason. He had three sacks, a forced fumble. Um, I was surprised that they let a guy who was doing pretty well in their system go. Um, and it's one of those rare times where Spagnolo said, hey, let me let me let me build up the secondary by one versus doing that on the defensive line because you know that Spags has always been about, you know, having um, enough quality rotational pass rushers to keep constant pressure on the opposing quarterback. But, hey, this is a pass-happy league. The Chiefs secondary was great last year. Um, So if they think that Chris Lamas can help them in a spot, in a rotation, whatever his snaps may be, and, you know, there's a little bit of a tub influence because I think Lamas has better experience in special teams than Tim Ward, that that's part of the equation. But I think Dorian O'Daniel, uh, being who he is, like he he may be a guy who's in the league seven eight years, 
just because um, you never have to worry about him on special teams, and if he knows the system and he makes less mistakes when given defensive opportunities, uh, I can't fault the Chiefs coaching staff for making that decision. It's just, it's just, it's just interesting that I think in 2018, Josh, uh, the Chiefs would not have let go of Tim Ward. They, they wouldn't have said, "We yeah. know he's good and he'll play elsewhere." They would have been like, hey, keep all the good players. They have too many good players. It's just, it's it's remarkable what they've done with the roster over the last four years since I've been covering the team. But, yeah, for them to just say, uh, we made a decision to let Tim Ward go, and uh, we know he'll probably have success in, you know, New York with the Jets, and, and they're just comfortable with it, um, which is crazy. Same, Obviously, same with, with Darvin Thompson. And Bo Pete Keys, those ended up being the three guys that the Chiefs waved that, that went elsewhere um, ahead of the practice squad movements. So you mentioned Tim Ward, and, and you're right, Veach mentioned this, and then I, th- I actually think there was another like definitive report somewhere that, that Tim Ward had another claim, at least one more claim yes. put on him. Yes. Um, so right a little peek behind the curtain is right now we are we are continuing to do a podcast as Seth texts us to troubleshoot. I don't. I don't know, man. Just can you can you just rejoin? Can you just rejoin the, the Zoom meeting, Seth? Just come back in. Just come back in! Exclamation point. We'll see if that works. So, are uh, we are we having a better meeting than some of the coaches' meetings that I have to excruciatingly watch on on Hard Knocks? Are we? I have are we having still. A- I have still not watched Hard Knocks. You told me to watch the first episode. I was like, yeah, I'll, the I'll first episode was so good, and then that got hurt, and like none of the guys that you know, make for camp darlings. Like they just didn't pop this year. It's it happens. You know, I'm not saying this is an HBO thing or really even a Cowboys thing. It's like, it's just, just we are. Yeah, it is what it is. What a perfect way to say it. And, um, yeah, as is Seth's computer, apparently just is what it is. And what it is, is not very good. Um, we got to start a GoFundMe for Seth to get a computer. that can get through an entire podcast. Um, so anyway, Tim Ward, no, he got cut. Oh, hey, you made it. It's not. I'm just I try to make things last, Josh. And right now, my computer has this charming habit of like becoming. I think my computer's just stressed out because it just becomes overwhelmed. Sure. And like right now, you're kind of making that choice of like, I want to make things last. So I will make my computer last and I'll make the podcast not, you know, and yeah, I, I respect that choice. I'm glad. Mm. Um, but. Uh, I just <laughs> my I, sincerity defeats your sarcasm. No, I because the thing that you're not going to have heard is that I just thought it was hilarious that you were texting us for tech support while we were trying to keep the podcast afloat after you had bounced. I, was you know, I, I, I could either host the show or I could text you tech support. You don't need to tech support me. I just want to know whether I should come back or not. And clearly you wanted me to come back so you could bully me online. So that's fun. Which one did you come back? Because I think the show's better with you on it, Seth. Aww. Which is why you should get a new laptop. <laughs> uh, so the, so Tim Moore gets a couple claims. He ends up with the Jets. Bo Pete Keys yeah. gets released. He was a seventh round pick last year, but he it was a sixth round pick from this year that they traded to go get back into the seventh for him, mm-hmm. which is sort of an interesting uh, dilution of the Brett Veach having to cut a draft pick in their first year kind of thing, which we'll come back around to Cornell Powell in a second. I do want to talk about him, but the, the three guys that left and either were claimed or, or chose something else. Tim Moore gets claimed by the jets. Bo Pete keys gets claimed by the Colts and Darwin Thompson gets cut. 
but joins the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad instead of potentially returning to the Chiefs. The Chiefs brought back Derek Gore instead. I, 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 I shouldn't say instead because I don't really know that was the the order yeah. they were going to yeah, go in. I, but- yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't think there was an or there. I think, I mean, I think Eric Bieniemy sort of alluded to it that like um, he's always been hard on Darwin. Uh, he was going to continue to be hard if he was going to be on the practice squad. Um, it's just it's understandable why Darwin would say, um, but I, yeah. let me find somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, I didn't second guess that for a nanosecond after I saw the tweet. I was like, yeah, this kind of makes sense. It just, it just seems like this didn't end up being as good a situation for him as even his talent might have pointed towards being, yeah. um, anything on, on Bo Pete keys not working out because there was also, and you mentioned them taking Lamins over ward. So I, I, had not thought of it that way, but um, there was a report from Mike Garofolo, I think, that Lamons had been cut and then later got a phone call that he was uncut and had not been released yet and that he did, in fact, make the team. I don't know. I don't know if there was a choice between Lamons and Keys or if, if Keys was going to be on his way out regardless and it ended up coming more down to Ward versus Lamons. But anything on Bo Pete Keys getting let go after one year? Yeah. This is somewhat speculative, but I wonder if they knew Tyron's situation or they learned of Tyron's situation yesterday, too, um, depending on mm. when these players are tested uh, under the CBA, you know, sort of under the agreement between the Players Association and the league. Uh, these testing situations, they're, they're obviously uh, they're kind of a fluid thing because, you know, the, the pandemic is ongoing. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they had a number of things to sort of um, – keep track of based on, okay, you know, is Austin Blythe or Laurent Duvet Tardif going to go on the short inact, you know, the short, um, shorter injury reserve (laughs) three week. Okay. They're not. All right. Is, uh, did we call Chris yet? Okay. Maybe call him back, you know, but we, but you know, I think somebody acknowledged in the front office, Hey, Marcus has, you know, X amount of years of experience. It's more than three, um, we could straight release him, uh, get his consent, and then he'll come back on. But I'll wait, you know, who, you know, do we have the testing situation? Okay, maybe Tyrant. Again, that's is mostly speculative. But if they knew yesterday uh, or this morning, because, again, as you're waving guys, the day after cut down day gets even, in some ways, even more interesting because teams are starting to figure out, Okay, we've put in a claim. We've we've been awarded this player based on our you know last year's uh, record. Um, you know we're not going to trade for anybody right now. But like, who are the team? Who's going to get cut from the team based on claiming somebody? There's a lot of shuffling going around. So mm. all that's to say is, I, I think the Chiefs didn't want to cut Chris Lamons. They were more comfortable, I think, cutting Tim Ward. Uh, for obviously the, the, the reasons I mentioned earlier, but it's a mechanism of, okay, we have to get to 53 initially. Then we have to get to 53 eight hours from now. Then we got to stay at 53 eight hours after that. It, it's one of the yeah. weirdest, you know, mechanisms in the NFL in terms of cut down day. This is super nerdy. I'm very sorry. Uh, but <laughs> but it is important to understand <laughs> yes, yes. why they cut Marcus Kemp and then brought him back 24 yes. hours later. And, and to understand too, that like, okay, who can help us right now? 
Sure. Bo Peep Keys are Chris Lammons, and they made the decision that Chris Lammons can help them in September and what they hope moving forward, if need be, if the roles change, if somebody gets hurt, you know, uh, and so on. Uh, with Bo Peep Keys, it was a question of, hmm, we're seeing progress, not as fast as we would hope, but let's cross our fingers and go, Ugh. oh, Chris Ballard, you sneaky little, you know, <laughs> thing. And, you know, but by the way, Chris Ballard uh, used to be in the Chiefs front office, now the general manager of the Colts. Uh, I think it is fair to say that both the Chiefs and the Colts look at cornerbacks in the same eyes. The, mm. the, they, they, they evaluate them very similarly. Um, there's a little bit of, and I've noticed this, there's a little bit of like the culture, like they don't have to be super lanky, but like we'll take them. And so Bokeep Keys is lanky. He's got some athleticism. Um, as I said a few days ago, um, and I don't know if I wrote this again, this is very nerdy and it's been a long couple of days. Did Bo Peep Keys have the same physical prototype as Traverius Ward? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Who progressed faster? Traverius Ward. So Bo Peep Keys didn't, he did not um, develop as quickly as Ward had. And so they, they, they tried. And again, in 2018, Bo Peep Keys is on this roster. Mm-hmm. In 2021, you cross your fingers and Teams are like, hey, he's from the Super Bowl champions and we evaluate corners in the same way and we may need one because our roster's not as deep. Um, and that's what happened. I wonder if you're Chris yep. Ballard and you've known Brett Veach for a while. Mm-hmm. And you've seen, I, I, if you just from the outside looking in, the Chiefs seem to either be really good at finding guys that are better than the rest of the league thinks, or they're really good at identifying corners that work really well with Steve Spagnolo's system, right? It's, it's, we and, it's, and I would say it's probably both yeah. by and large. If I so, can add a third category also, then Spags and these coaches, their system ends up getting the best out of those guys yes. as well. Like that's even another, it's sort of the second point, but a little, a little different that I've grown to appreciate more yeah. over the last couple of years. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that's got to be noted. But I wonder if you're Ballard and you see this a couple of years in a row and you've known Veach for a minute mm-hmm. and you're like, they like that dude. That might be worth at least taking a look at, mm-hmm. you know, at least worth kicking the tires. Um, I, I have a confession to make. I had no idea. And this happened to me last year, too. I had no, absolutely no clue whatsoever who Lamons was <laughs> like none. And that happened to me last year too, where, you know, watching the Broncos game. And I was like, who in God's name is that? Like, because he made a tackle or something. And I, that's just a random thing. I need to confess that occasionally I am not as good at my job as I should be. Apparently. Because somebody mentioned him in a presser, and I think they actually didn't mention Keys a, a few days that, back. That but was, I thought was that, that was Steve Spagnolo. Was it Spags? Okay, yeah. Yes. He, he mentioned Lamons because he was talking about the cornerback group. I think he mentioned Lamons and not Keys. Now that's kind of interesting. Um, mm. But also, Seth, you have a real job, also, <laughs> and you don't just, you just listen to press conferences. <laughs> I do. I just I don't even remember what jersey number he was wearing last year against the Broncos and the and the Dolphins when they played. Because I remember looking, and I was like, I have no earthly clue 
who that is. Hey, Chris, Chris Lehman's claim to fame was in December. Uh, the Miami Dolphins were trying so hard. Bless their little hearts. They were trying and, so hard. And then Chris Lamb is, I think he he blocked one, maybe two defenders or, or punt return, uh, you know, guys on McCall Hartman's long uh, oh, yeah. punt return for a touchdown. He did a little air guitar celebration. He got some that dap awesome. up from Dave Tobe. And it's like, look, not only do they have, Pat, not only are they beating you with Patrick Mahomes and McCall Hartman and, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they're beating you with Chris Lammons. Okay. Yep. Their Chris Lammons is better than your Chris Lammons. <laughs> Did That's you know that he was a great way to think of depth? Did you yes. know that he was a dolphin for 12 games in 2019, by the way? Yes. Homecoming game. Yeah. Eat Revenge it. game. Revenge game. <laughs> Eat it, Chris Lammons. Now, now, again, if we had been in the locker room or were able to access the locker room, as, as I would like to rephrase we were able to access the locker room not in the pandemic if i had traveled to that game best believe ladies and gentlemen i would have been in front of chris lamb's locker <laughs> the air guitar celebration alone Powerful. it makes me ashamed that i didn't remember because i remembered the air guitar celebration once i saw i was like oh that guy that was awesome and it, it's it's a cool thing good on him he, it's a similar thing with you know jody fortson where it's like i mean I mean, can you imagine being told on oh, no, all your cuts like, oh, just kidding. Like that had to have been such a weird conversation to have. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, wow, you guys like me, sort of. So with with this, fellas, I'm going to mention somebody's name um, in the Chiefs organization. So this this goes to like how accountable, uh, communicative, just respectful is your front office. Um, yes. And, and ladies and gentlemen, not all front offices are the same. Because, uh, you know, I talk to players. Anyway, Ryan Poles, who is a rising up and comer in the front office, who may be a general manager one day. Hey, you know, uh, he interviewed uh, twice, I believe, with the Carolina Panthers. I was going to say, last, I think he interviewed the Panthers. Cool. Yeah, with this, this last cycle. So, yeah. Um, so he's, you know, he's, he's becoming a thing. He's been a great college evaluator. Um, he sort of figured out ways for the chiefs to, um, maneuver themselves when it comes to draft picks and understanding their needs and other teams needs, like, you know, scouting one-on-one. Um, but when I've talked to Ryan, he's made it very clear, uh, both, you know, previous to this year and, and obviously in years past. And I think we talked to him. Uh, after the draft this mm-hmm. uh, class um, spring is that you have to be, it, it's not, it's not quite like Moneyball where it's just like, you have been traded to the Phillies. This is where they're picking you up. Good day, sir. Mm-hmm. But there's gotta be a, a case of this is the entire situation being up front with that player and telling that player in a lot of ways, whether it's Chris Lamons or whoever, um, this is our plan, even as we're cutting you, um, so that if we pick up the phone and call you, will you pick up your phone and answer it? So, um, veterans and guys of Chris's stature understand the business end of the NFL, but I've seen over the course of two to three years now that there are more guys who are willing to come back to the Chiefs under similar situations compared to other guys who are like, nah. 
So I'm going to take that as our excuse to finally talk about Cornell Powell. Um, Cause I mentioned the Bo Pete keys, you know, sixth round pick this year to get to a seventh rounder last year and all of that. Um, but, but Cornell Powell as a fifth round pick 181 this year, he did become the first player uh, in, in the Brett Veach regime with, with Veach as GM of the chiefs to be cut as a draft pick before making and, and, not, and not make an active roster. And so um Nate, I want to know from you in a second kind of what you think all went on there. But Seth, you also wrote about this some um, in a, a fresh piece up in the Chief of the North newsletter about the 53 and all of that. And, and you wrote a little bit about the receivers, a little bit about Reese Fountain and, and, and all of those things. But but I'm really interested in, in what you if, if you can kind of go back to when you looked at Powell after the draft to where we are right now, where he doesn't end up making this roster. Um, he did end up being on the practice squad, by the way, which definitely kind of numbs the sting of cutting a fifth round pick, I have to imagine. And, you know, if he could just get a red shirt year, I'd be excited to see if he looks different in training camp in 2022. I, I would really be be pleased with that. Um, but but can you kind of take me through where you were at at the draft and what you saw out of Clemson and then what you think the Chiefs saw that, that changed things in the months that followed? So when I wrote about Cornell Powell, um, after looking at his college snaps, I, I talked about the fact that there was kind of a skill set with a plan there. And you could see it with Noah Gray, too. Now, the unfortunate thing for both of them is that I would say the skill sets that they presented were ones that the Chiefs needed, right? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. But one could also call that drafting for need as opposed mm-hmm. to just having a plan with skill sets. Mm-hmm. And that can be dicey. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing for Noah Gray, and then we'll get to the fortunate thing, is that a dude showed up this year and showed the same skill set and did it better. And his name is Jody Fortson. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll see how it goes. I, I still like Noah Gray a lot, and I think the Chiefs do too. But Fortson showed out a little more with some of the things they wanted Gray to be able to do. The difference between maybe Gray and Powell is the Chiefs kept four tight ends, okay? And I think Gray showed out a little bit more, in well, a lot more in practice. Maybe not so much in the preseason games. He didn't do a ton there, but that's a whole other ball of wax. With Powell, it was a similar thing. He was drafted with a specific skill set in mind. And someone came in and did it better than him. And when I say that, like, you know, someone, I'm not talking about like, like Byron Pringle. I don't think Powell was ever competing with Byron Pringle. He was not. Thank you. And and I know, and this is not based on sources, but it's going to get confirmed one second after I say it. <laughs> I know that Cornell Powell was never, ever, ever competing with Demarcus Robinson. He was not. <laughs> I appreciate you, buddy. Me. Yeah. I mean, these are the, those guys were, were virtually assured of making the team. They know the system. They are liked by the team, especially Robinson better than the fan base. Yeah. Robinson drives Dave Talbot nuts. He's like, yeah. he's like, he's liked more by the offensive coaching staff than most fans. <laughs> yes. Maybe not the, the special teams coaches. They're like, I'm not even going to talk to you right now, dude. You're killing me. But Robinson is a guy who, if you plug him in the offense, he'll make some plays. I promise you, Demarcus Robinson, he's going to have a few big plays this year, a few big-time touchdowns, a few really great catches, and he's going to put up probably three, 400 yards, give or take, maybe a little And he's going to carry the football like a sub-sandwich. Oh, it's going to drive you insane. But he's going to make more good plays than bad plays, and that matters. Byron Pringle has the same skill set Cornell Powell has, except he's proven it at the pro level. 
right? Mm. And so the hope is for Powell, he comes in, shows that skill set. He's not an overwhelming athlete, but he seems to have this knack for getting open, run decent routes, good with contested catches, good hands. Um, the the much, much hullabalooed X receiver mm. that has kind of almost become a meme in my opinion, among these fans, because it's like, dude, your ex is a six foot seven, 260 pound dude who happens to be called a tight end. He's usually your ex. He's got to run a four, two, two, Sam. Yeah. yeah, He's got to run a four, two. It's like, ah, it's not, yeah, you're not going to find all that. So yeah, the, the guys that do have that skill set and run a four, two, those guys get taken early in the first round. So the thing with Powell was he had this, this relatively narrow skill set. That's why they grabbed him. Because they like that skill set. The problem with having a narrow skill set means if you don't show out with that, it's not like McCole Hardman where it's like, ah, you haven't really uh, developed quite as much in route running as we'd like, but good Lord, are you fast? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, you know, just there's there's that little something extra there. And so when Fountain showed that same skill set and showed it better, that kind of, I think, was the death knell for him because, and plus they only kept initially at least five receivers. That surprised me. Now Kemp mm-hmm. is back. I'm curious what happens when they fiddle around, you know, and Matthew comes back. Does Kemp, where does Kemp go? I don't know. But with Powell, I just think it's a matter of he's going to have to show that he can really refine that specific skill set. Otherwise, there's just too many guys that I think have his physical profile in terms of uh, being able to do some of the other things that he can do. And I think that's what happened to him. And again, I, I think he got a little overrated by the fan base because of that specific skill set. It made them maybe a little more excited because you, you kept hearing people like, I don't know, maybe Robinson is on the bubble. Maybe Pringles on the bubble. It's like that, Cornell Powell is not threatening those guys' roster spots. And so that, yeah, that summed it up well until the dismount where I just, <laughs> you know, fell off the stage and set myself on fire. Josh. It's always so dramatic with you. Um, (laughs) It's just, it's just so, it's just so dramatic. (laughs) I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say two things here real quick and try to put a bow on this. Uh, Perfect. It's fitting that we begin this lovely chat, hopefully by a fire, having a nice one. <laughs> Seth is going to throw himself into. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 fitting that we started with Jody Fortson and the 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 fall and rise, fall and rise, and ultimate you know ultimate achievement uh, for him yesterday. Um, and now I would tell Chiefs fans that this is not the end of. Cordell Powell's career. This is honestly the beginning. Yes. And uh, the timelines, which I always think is a fascinating thought process too. The timeline is Demarcus Robinson's on a one-year deal. Uh, So is Jerese Fountain. So is Byron Pringle. Those guys need to maximize their potential, their opportunities, and the Chiefs need to extract as much possible from them uh, before figuring out what's next in the upcoming season. It's in some ways a blessing for the Chiefs that they got Cornell Powell um, back because our good friend Matt Derrick for weeks had been saying he's going to go to Jacksonville because of the quarterback. Mm Because, you know, 
And I was surprised that Jacksonville chose not to do that. Now, um, they got their own issues just because um, their their situation is we need linemen and in a hurry. Uh, so we're not even worried about skill players right now. We got to protect our – can our quarterback not be Joe Burrow this year? Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry for the side note. You think about the timelines, and Cordell Powell's timeline didn't need to be sped up. And so yep. – by about halfway through training camp. And this was even maybe before the first preseason game. So right around that, like midway point of camp, right as you're like really getting into like, Oh my goodness, we're about to have football. Uh, I think the chiefs made a decision to say, um, let's get him ready for the practice squad. Like let's, mm-hmm. let's not push it. There's no need to push it. And then Darius fountain made that decision very easy uh, because he played well um, and they can extract his services immediately, whereas you need to develop Cornell Powell's skill set to what Seth alludes to. And because he's still a rookie, you can develop that over multiple years. And based on the timeline, you know, maybe next year he won't be p- competing against six guys that are pretty much locks. Obviously, Marcus Kemp can be included in that in that group as well. So um, the timelines didn't match up great for Cornell Powell. But that's okay because the Chiefs can bring him along at a more steady pace. And maybe he can be similar to Jody Fortson, where a year from now we're saying, man, he made sizable improvement. There's clear growth. He knows the offense better. He knows what to expect at training camp just versus being a rookie, being like, wow, that's a lot of reps in a row. And it's like, yeah, man, <laughs> welcome to the NFL. This ain't Clemson no more. So um, you really got to study the playbook. I mean, all these things that may sound small, but are actually very significant. So just think about the timeline when it comes to Cornell Powell and who knows where we are uh, when discussing him a year from now. Uh, that is putting a bow on it. I like that. I, I was bummed whenever I was thinking that he might have ended up reunited with Trevor Lawrence. And mm-hmm. at the time, I, I had no rush to see, Tre- to see Cornell Powell in 2021. I just wanted to see him eventually. And, and landing on the practice squad, I think, could really be good for, for all parties there. Uh, that's that's about all the time that we've got. I don't know if you guys want to uh, sign off on any one particular thing here in a second. Feel free. But I'll tell you in the meantime, uh, Seth's got a whole piece where he has nine, eight thoughts on the uh, Chief of the North <laughs> newsletter uh, about the 53-man roster. And you just have to – I mean, he has nine thoughts, but it only goes to eight. It's Or it's eight, but it, there's nine, but it only labels eight. There are two fives. It's a whole deal. Uh, but it covers a lot of the things that we've talked about here and also a lot of things that we have not talked about. I will also, without giving it away, don't either of you spoil this because we're going to get you guys some clicks here. Both Seth towards the end and his ninth thought, which is actually thought eight, mentions uh, Nate's uh, fantasy sleeper for the Chiefs this year. So if you want to see where the two of them are synced up on somebody uh, on the Chiefs offense, that maybe their name got mentioned this show. Maybe it came up a little bit. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember. Mm. But you can find out in both of those stories. Uh, also a little more uh, on McCole Hardman in a, a sort of a fantasy group NFL staff piece uh, that, that Nate wrote in as well. So lots of good fantasy stuff up on The Athletic. Lots of great stuff for 12 bucks a year over on the uh, Chief of the North newsletter. And of course, you go to The Athletic. You can sign up uh, it, you know, basically any link and go, go sign up through, uh, through one of Nate's stories and uh, you can support what Nate's doing directly there. And of course, also read all the great work that he's got up on the athletic. Also, if you haven't reviewed this show in a minute, it'd be a great time to go do it. Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review. Tell somebody as we get to chief season. Hey, I don't think you have enough chiefs podcast talk in your life. Let me tell you about times ours. 
And but before you say that, ask about their thoughts on Jody Fortson, because that's probably going to be a pretty big deciding factor for at least the first 15 minutes of this episode. Uh, you can also follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at JB Briscoe. Seth is at Real MN Chiefs fan. Nate is at by Nate Taylor. Seth, do you have a final word before Nate closes us off? You know, sometimes nine and eight can be <laughs> very similar. And sometimes your fifth point is so good. You want to go ahead and make another fifth point. Mm. You know what? That's okay. Mm. I just wish Substack would invent an edit button. I just, I would think that they would have done it by now, but clearly because that problem never got fixed, clearly they don't. So, uh, Nate, get us out of here before Seth snips back at me because I was too snarky today. Look, the fall's coming. You know, we only got so many months left in the 2021 calendar. Just let Jody Fortune inspire you like he's inspired us and, and do what you have to do to rise above not only the expectations, but just, you know, the constraints of the situations you are working in. And I will let you all fill in the blanks there. But look, um, all praise to Jody Fortson. This is what sports is all about. We were there for the start, kids, and we're there for the rise.